Here we go, boys, and welcome to the Strive for Five podcast. This is the podcast breaking down the number one fantasy football league in the world. Come on, game. Today, it's me, Tyler Armijo, joined by the other four-ring king, Joe Avila. Joe, how you doing? Doing pretty well, despite my team being 0-2, my actual real-life team, the Las Vegas Raiders, are 2-0, so that's keeping my spirits up. Well, as everybody knows, since the Chargers left, nobody actually cares about actual NFL records. But, you know, the fantasy record 0-2, that's a brutal start. And guys, this podcast is meant to be fun, so don't take anything we say personally. We're going to be talking a lot of shit. It's going to be irrational. We're going to make fun of you. Get over it. Don't have thin skin. And when you think shit talk... There's one name that comes to mind. And fortunately for us, we have that man here with us today, Christopher Robin Sheehy. How are you doing, sir? I am feeling wonderful. I'm a zero-time champion, but I'm also not living in the past. So very happy to be here. Hey, man, this is all this podcast is about, living in the past. It's the four ring kings here talking with you. We got the no ring king here, but Sheehy, two weeks, two high scores. Got to be feeling pretty good, obviously hurts but other than that things are going pretty well oh i'm objectively the greatest fantasy team of all time i mean the numbers would back you up joe what do you think what do you think of she squad so far i mean it's the best two-week start to a season i think in this fantasy league's history a tip of the cap to you, Sheehy. tip of the cap but let's see how you uh sustain that mccaffrey injury the next coming weeks well fortunately i have james robinson who is a combination of emmett so i feel like i'm gonna be fine so, Sheehy, you do claim to uh, be a big Gardner Minshew fan. However, it's pretty clear you don't actually trust the guy, seeing as he's been on your bench both weeks this season. I knew there were a lot of changes coming to the offense. I wanted to see if Jay Gruden was going to be the good offensive coordinator or the bad head coach, and I think that has been determined at this point. Okay, great. So who are you pulling out of your lineup next week to get Gardner in there? Oh, Ben. Oh, ben ben Roethlisberger right. is absolutely going to the bench to get Gardner Minshew back in there. Good, good. All right. Well, we're looking forward to seeing that. In, in fairness, I, I have watched more Jags football this year than I'm proud of, and Gardner has looked quite good. He is, he is objectively great. Uh, I, we'll, we'll talk about this more with the matchups as well, but he is, in my opinion, on the level of Kyler Murray, and I really hate that I can't enjoy watching Kyler Murray play because anytime anyone ever says that Minshew is good, the Cardinals fans get irrationally upset. Yeah, I think that's, I think that's fair for sure. Um, you know, Joe, who do you think is better, Gardner Minshew or Derek Carr? Hands down, Derek Carr. It's not even a question. Next, let's move on. I don't want to waste time on something stupid like that. <laughs> that, <laughs> is, that is a terrible take. Gardner Minshew <laughs> does more with less. Did you see? <laughs> did you see the game last night, Sheehy? Yeah, well, you you are having this conversation at an opportune time for you, but if you look at the actual body of work and what Gardner Minshew has done, seven and six as a starter. He has performed better than Derek Carr. Okay, I'm just talking about this past Sunday specifically. Uh, Minshew had two picks. Carr had zero. And Carr Did got you watch one. the game? Minshew's well, 0-2. Of... Minshew's 0-2. Colin Johnson. Johnson. The fact that Colin Johnson is 6-7 and not 6-4 is the reason that first pick happened because yeah, he Colin chipped Johnson. it up and it was going to O'Shaughnessy behind the back. Colin Johnson is just terrible. Everybody hates Colin Johnson. <laughs> he's he's right, going to well, be a good player. Going to be I a good no player. But <laughs> is that is it, she, are you talking about an NFL player? Like, come on. Colin Johnson, he was one of our wide receivers we drafted this year. He's course, really good. Big, deep end zone threat. But uh, Minshew is throwing to O'Shaughnessy. 
Colin Johnson was too tall and in the way, so he jumped up, probably reached like 12 feet high, and uh, batted it down. So the uh, it just it was a tip ball. Um, actually, both of his interceptions were tip balls. So again, not again, not not great. We uh, we did lose, but we dropped 30 against the defense. All right, gee, this isn't a Jacks podcast. This is a fantasy football podcast. All right, let's let's get it back. All right, Derek Carr's. We all we yeah. all know Gardner Minshew's better than Derek Carr. All right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, I mean, obviously, Julian putting up a good score of 170. He, he was uh, texting me quite upset with his score. Really solid squad. Just wasn't quite enough this week. Gee, One of think? the most upsetting things about the draft was that Julian and Nick didn't screw it up. Right. Yeah, they, they both did excellent jobs. Unfortunately, it's the, the injury bug has really got up on him quick here. Uh, everyone was congrat- uh, praising Julian, excuse me for the Cortland Sutton pick, and uh, he's down right away. Yes, the, the Cortland Sutton one is rough. Um, Allen Robinson, fortunately, is pretty great. The one thing I will say about that is that when he left the Jags, again, everything is going to be related to the Jags here. When he left the Jags, a bunch of people didn't think he was a diva because he wanted to get out of the Jags organization. And what I think people are seeing now is that he is a diva. He's doing it in Chicago as well. I think he will end up getting paid, but it wouldn't surprise me if he got a little bit moody and uh, – Maybe production dropped off later in the season because of that. Um, obviously, we'll see. But with Cortland Sutton injured, he's in a tough spot there. So, Joe, back-to-back impressive performances from Julian, even in the loss. What have you thought of his squad so far? I mean, he has a good squad. Dak Prescott and Kamara are obviously going to carry him uh, the bulk of the way. Also, Chris Carson. Um, Sutton going down, I think you can fill that in with Deshaun Jackson. He's the number one wide receiver for the Eagles, so I don't think he'll really skip a beat there. And he has Kareem Hunt on his bench. So if something happens to Carson and Kamara, he can just plug him in. So the depth of uh, Volpe's roster is very good this season. Yeah, I like his team a lot. He's got you know three pretty decent QBs. Obviously, Dak's above pretty decent. Uh, got the running back, three. It's pretty damn solid. A little thin at the wide receiver, especially with the Sutton injury. But I think as long as he doesn't screw up his roster, you can expect some pretty good things from Julian. But that is a big if. You hear me, Volpe? It's a big if. <laughs> well, if, if most of his guys are going down injured, he can't really mess it up. Just put in the next guy up and let it be. So he should be okay. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, Julian is known for his music, not his waiver wire pickup. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how this goes here from, from here on out. All right, so the next matchup we, we have to talk about here is, you know, the matchup between the Kings. And once again, I came out on top. And by once again, I mean I snapped my nine-game losing streak and came out on top. Joe, what happened? Uh, well, Will Fuller putting up 0.1 points really killed me. Uh, Tom Brady only with 13 points. Tampa Bay built somewhat of a lead there and started to run the ball more in the second half. So his fantasy day kind of came to a halt pretty early. Uh, but you had Mahomes go off with a 38 matching Matt Ryan's 40, basically. Um, our running backs were pretty even, but Deontay Johnson with 23 versus Wolf Fuller's .1 was uh, the deciding factor in this one, obviously. Yeah, I mean, Sheehy, do you think that there's another fantasy owner on this planet that had Matt Ryan and Calvin Ridley and Darren Waller and lost? Honestly, a great question. And I know you were very scared of Darren Waller at the very, very end. There was a Absolutely. chance this podcast was not going to be happening. 1,000%. <laughs> so what I'm really curious about here, Tyler, is how do you feel about Mark Ingram and how terribly is it going to go when J.K. Dobbins takes over? 
Oh, I feel fantastic about Mark Ingram Sheehy. And by that, I mean, I have no idea what I'm going to do with him going forward. Uh, fortunately, he had the one run that really, actually, you know, based off the score, it probably saved the game for me. Uh, or else last night would have been pretty painful. Uh, not quite as painful as the Clippers earlier in the week, but painful nonetheless. Uh, I, you know, fortunately, Antonio Gibson might be okay. We'll see. <laughs> How about Yunho Kua, 17? Almost getting 20 from your damn kicker. It's a good performance, man. I always trust. Unbelievable. People say never trust a young hoe, but I, I'm finding that to not be true. <laughs> I mean, he I, is cool. <laughs> He's very cool. If, if there was some way to get uh, points for onside kicks, he would just be a league winner. Right. Fortunately, there's not, though, because Greg Zerline with one of the greatest onside kicks anyone has ever seen. And onside I, kick success should be 10 points. I'm just saying that for <laughs> next season. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. I can't wait until they make it fourth and 15 and have it actually be football rather than onside kick, but we're not there yet, unfortunately. Sheehy, I do have a trivia question for you here. Our Mountain Coast Hoops fans, we're not playing the sounder, I'm sorry. But Sheehy, can you name the only league member with a winning record against Joe Career? I'll give you a hint, Sheehy. He's on this podcast. Is it Tyler? It is Tyler. Great job, she. Wow. <laughs> Four rings each, six to five, uh, head to head. But for me, I, I don't even think there's a debate who's been better recently. It's got to be me, right? Oh, well, that's, that's why you weren't going to have the pod today if that wasn't favoring you. <laughs> I mean, I have made the playoffs 13 of the last 14 seasons, but I, I'll give Tyler the nod uh, being six and five against me. Well, here's the thing, right? 14, is that true? Uh, it is true. It, it's not exact, but it, it's pretty close. I think it's 11 out of 12. But uh, it, either way, it's, it, it is very good. <laughs> That's uh, well, what, what league are we in? Or what league season is this? I believe this is year 15. And I don't so, think you were in the first two years. So I think I just, it's I just missed the first year. Just for, okay, so maybe it's 12 out of 13. I don't know. It, it's very good. Whatever it is, it's, it's extremely good. Uh, and here's the thing, right? Here's what people don't understand. And, and I think, Chihi, is it fair to say we were roommates freshman year? I know we weren't literally, but we were basically roommates. Is that fair to say? Yes, we were. Yes, okay. we were. So in my time living with Chihi, I studied the master. And what the master Chihi did was playing streak for cash, he picked for losses. So people were like, Chihi, damn, you missed again. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm picking for losses. And that has actually been my strategy these last two years in fantasy football. People are like, Tyler. You're over the hill. Tyler, you're just washed now. You're not any good. Really, I'm just that good. I've been picking for losses these last two seasons. But this year, the blindfold's coming off, and I'm going to start winning. I do. I had forgotten about that. I think I lost 17 in a row. See, I was like, you know what? When you've won four of the first nine years, winning was just getting boring to me. And I'm like, what would it be like to be the Sacco? And then I'm like, you know what? What would it be like to be the Sacco twice? Now, I don't want to go... I got too excited there, folks. But I don't want to go the full Parvini and be the Sacco three times in a row. I don't want to do that. So we're going we're gonna to take the blindfold off now. No three Saccos in a row. But, you know, being two times is pretty incredible. That was a remarkable streak by Parvini. I'd, thought about, I'd, I'd forgotten about that. That was, that was something else where he drafted – it was Le'Veon, right, where he sat out the entire year? I think so. I think he went like Le'Veon who sat out and then David Johnson who broke his hand like week one. <laughs> <laughs> that might be wrong, but I think that's right. 
Uh, that is that is a level of incompetence that few will ever be able to reach again. I'm not going to talk too much shit because it's very possible I will, but <laughs> <laughs> a very good point. <laughs> <laughs> but if I come in 11th this year, Parvini, next year on the pod, I'm coming after you for that streak. <laughs> Joe, any final thoughts on your uh, devastating defeat? Uh, you know, I'm not panicking. 0-2, it is what it is. I've, I've gone 0-4 in this league and won the title that same year. So until I get to 0-5, I'm not hitting the panic button yet. So you say that, but you did change your name to Avila Island. That does seem like a panic move to me. No, that's more of a, a defensive strategy. I feel like I've been giving up a lot of points, and I think Avila Island will kind of uh, get the opposing teams to slow down a bit offensively. Let's see if it works against uh, Alex this week. Yeah, I know everybody knows this, but I'm just going to say it again. I mean, Joe, back in the day, was the greatest cornerback in the history of to pick up football. So that is why it is the Avila Island. And Alex, watch out, buddy. You may have had two easy wins thus far joining the league, but if you think you're going to go and beat Avila Island next week, you got another thing coming. Revis Island got his name for me. FYI. That's true. That is true. Little known fact, but that is actually true. All right, in the next matchup, having Joe 0-2 was shocking. But having Joe and Jeff 0-2 was quite the stunner. Sheehy, what the hell is going on with Jeff's team so far? The only player he has that's worth anything is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. The rest of his team is hot garbage. A.J. Brown is trash. The Titans are trash. James Conner will be injured by next week. Joe Burrow's on a losing team. A.J. Green is washed. He has no chance there. Drew Brees can't throw more than five yards downfield. And Julio is supplanted by Calvin Ridley. So that's where Jeff stands today. As Tell us how you really oh, feel, Sheehy. Tell us how you really <laughs> feel. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm ducking for cover. Yeah, I mean, I think he makes a lot of good points here, though. I mean, it, it, it's hard to argue. I mean, I, I watched a lot of that Falcons-Cowboys game. I don't remember them throwing to anybody that's not Ridley. I have a question for the both of you. What's 0-2 for me and 0-2 for Jeff? What's 0-2 and 0-2 backwards? 2020, guys. Wow. That's the, only, that's the only explanation for me and Jeff being 0-2 at this time. That's hard to argue. That is hard to argue. It's not something I can disagree with, but also Jeff's team is trash, and I'm excited about it. She, if you had to bet on a Sacco, is Jeff your pick at this point? Ooh. Let me see who else is in, cont- is in contention. I mean, I think you have to put Nick in there. I was going to say, um, Nick's team name might hint that he is probably <laughs> the odds-on favorite. But. He, he's, he's definitely, definitely the odds-on favorite. Jeff will probably make some moves, so he only wins like a couple games. Um, so you think no playoffs, no chance for Jeff. Is that what you're saying? I'm saying no playoffs for Jeff. Damn. That's, that's Jeff, a Jeff, come on the pod. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, come <laughs> on the pod and talk some shit about Sheehy, although it's off to quite the start here, so it might be a little bit tough. But let's not get lost in Shanks. An incredible start. Sheehy, what's going on with Shanks? Oh, my gosh. Is this finally his year? Uh. It's a tough one. I, I do like his squad, um, but what I will say, I don't really trust Adam Thielen at all with how bad the um, with how bad the Vikings have looked. I think there's going to be some goose eggs, and if fantasy football all it takes is one goose egg, and you're just um, balled out. Kyler Murray's phenomenal as well, though again, I hate that I can't actually really root for him and watch him <laughs> and enjoy him. Um, so I think what's really going to be important for him is how hobbled is Michael Thomas. Yeah. Because if he can come back and be Michael Thomas, he's in good shape. But I don't, I don't really trust either of his wide receivers, wide receiver twos. 
Um, Mostert being hurt does open the door for a McKinnon or potentially Tevin Coleman because we've seen a million different running backs be successful in Shanahan's system. Um, and this may, well, I don't think it'll lose him his spot. He has some incredible speed. I think the the 80 yard run on Sunday was the fastest speed of anyone last like five years. So there's clearly talent there. Um, but you also don't know, don't know what's going to happen. If he's hobbled at all, Shanahan can put someone else there and have success. So with Ronald Jones kind of losing the job to Fournette, at least for now with the fumble, even though Fournette is garbage, um, which we can talk about later. <laughs> I, uh, I'm a little bit worried about both his RB two and his wide receiver two, which may make things a bit tough. And especially when you also look at Tannehill, he has no other quarterback on the roster besides Tua, and he may come in later, but as Derrick Henry gets rolling, Tannehill's going to have less and less of a role, and he's a bit top-heavy. Yeah, I agree with that completely. His starters are elite. If he has some big injuries, which it looks like he might already have started have already, he could be in trouble. Joe, what do you think of Team Murray? I mean – he put up basically 200 points with single digits from both his wide receivers and tight end. That's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. I know 51 of that came from Aaron Jones, and he's not going to get that out of him every week. Um, but I like Kyler Murray a lot. He's going to be a top-five quarterback when this is all said and done. Um, I think Adam Thielen is not a wide receiver one or two. He has cousins throwing him the ball, and he could not do anything against a Colts defense that got carved up at Gardner Minshew. So I really think that he has some difficulties at the wide receiver position. And if Thomas is out, you know, six, seven, eight weeks, he's going to be in trouble. So yeah, I'm going to notice that shot that you just took. I think <laughs> it's important to I, uh, I recognize the fact that Gardner Minshew is great. And she, yes, Kirk Cousins she, may be terrible, but Gardner Minshew did well. This is a fantasy football podcast, not a Jacksonville Jaguar podcast. We've mentioned this twice now. Twice. <laughs> Three times and you're out, sir. You invited me. I have Gardner Minshew. I have James Robinson on my rosters. I have covered this one. Man, I'm really going to regret not spending that dollar on James Robinson. <laughs> I think you already do. I do. You're right. He would be starting in my lineup for sure over Ingram. Uh, but yeah, you, know, you got to look at Jeff. You got to wonder why would he not pick Aaron Jones in the second round? I mean, I had him last year. All I did was hype up Aaron Jones. I loved me some Aaron Jones. And then Jeff just passed him. I mean, it's inexcusable. I mean, he did take Julio Jones, who a lot of people had as a top five wide receiver. And no one really saw Calvin Ridley taking over a lot of that production, other than me, who drafted him. But but besides patting myself on the back for that one, um, I didn't think Julio Jones was a bad pick. I was going to go Julio Jones possibly there. I ended up going Joe Mixon. He isn't really panning out right now. But um, you can't really blame Jeff for taking Jones in the second round. That's pretty good value. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Any uh, any final thoughts on this matchup, Sheehy? Uh, not entirely. Um, I, th- I think we covered most of it. I, I As much uh, grief as I do love to give Jeff because he is Jeff, um, I do think his team's in trouble. Like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is his true value. Uh, you can't really rely on James Conner to be healthy for an entire year. Uh, and if you look down his depth chart, Zach Moss, Alexander Madison, Cam Akers, none of them have a guaranteed, uh, guaranteed role that's going to be consistent. And you need that, uh, especially with, um, with John Brown, A.J. Brown. I think there's going to be some goose eggs in there. And I think the consistency is really going to be a problem for him. Well, let's hope that Jeff has another goose egg next week because he's going up against me. But uh, let's let's get into another matchup here. We have 
the rookie himself, Alex Timothy Wirtz, getting to two and zero with a big win over Parvini. Parvini with two pretty solid weeks, but just not enough. Josh Allen has done a great job, and not enough to quite get him to victory. But Joey's got your boy Derek Carr. Uh, Carr only with thirty points. Should Parvini be disappointed in Carr? Uh, no, Deshaun Watson, <laughs> who a lot of people have as a top five quarterback, put up nineteen, and Derek Carr put up thirty. So. I think he won that matchup head-to-head there. Um, He also had Allen outscore Goff. He just got uh, beat in the other categories. His tight end got doubled up by Higby. His wide receivers, uh, Chark, got doubled up basically by Metcalf. And his running backs got murdered by Sanders and Elliott, which is why he lost. But Parvini, he's putting up back-to-back weeks and is 0-2, similar to me. I've put up solid weeks, weeks uh, one and two, and I'm 0 and 2 as well. So I think myself and Parvini are the best 0 and 2 teams to really take a run at a, a possible playoff spot. I wouldn't, I wouldn't uh, sink my head if I was Parvini at 0 and 2. He has a pretty solid roster. See, what do you think of these squads here? I, I would agree with that as well. Um, it's pretty shocking to me that with Josh Allen, he's ended up being 0-2, especially where he can kind of draft Josh Allen out of value, though I'd want to see exactly where he grabbed him. Well, he grabbed him in round four. That may be, have been a little bit early for Josh Allen. Uh, but he That's MVP Josh Allen you're talking about. <laughs> he's, he's on that train right now. Um, I really like Parvini's team. I was reading something as I was preparing for fantasy this year is that uh, – a lot of people look to the low scorers on their team and identify that as where they've lost. But most of the time when you lose, it's because you don't have those high end scorers. And that's, there, there's an element of luck in that. And as of right now, uh, Derek Carr, Josh Allen have played well, but he hasn't really had those high scoring weeks from his other players, even though there is the talent there and you know, that's going to come. Uh, it's just got to come from later in the season. Hope for more of a uh, positive regression there. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, that's very interesting to hear. Um, I've had a team of low scorers for the last few years, again, intentionally, as we talked about earlier, but I, I definitely feel the pain on that. Um, Alex, though, he is a very, very good chance of coming for the throne this year. Not a shock for those of us who knew Alex. Very good foot fantasy football mind here. Uh, but he's getting production all the way around. Uh, Joe, are you, are you worried about Alex potentially stealing the crown in his first year? Um, yeah, I think he has a very solid team. Uh, it's pretty balanced top to bottom. He even has some pieces on his bench uh, that could step in and, and play a role if someone goes down. Um, so, yeah, he has a very good team. I like his quarterbacks with Goff and Watson. They're not going to have, you know, those breakout weeks where they put up 50, I don't think, but combined they're going to do well. And Higby is a steal at the tight end position. I know he got him kind of late. And Higby's been, you know, Goff's, you know, top target receivers out there so um i think his team's solid i like his running backs sanders uh if he gets nicked up that might be an issue for him uh he'll have to play montgomery who put up 23 points this past weekend so i think uh i think tim or alex i think alex is going to be just fine this year and i think he's going to make a yeah i think he's going to make a playoff run in his rookie season Sheehy, you worried this is the guy number one in the tai two straight weeks I, I think he has a solid team. I'm a little bit worried about his wide receivers. Um, DK, definitely downhill speed with the way Wilson's been playing. And I hope, obviously, that Wilson continues to play that way. He's been able to produce, but I think there are going to be some consistency issues there. And then with Juju, a lot of it depends on Big Ben's health. And so far, that yeah. that elbow has held up. But if something happens there, 
he is in trouble where if you're relying on DK, who is going to be healthy, just maybe a little bit inconsistent. Uh, if you're relying on him as your wide receiver one, and I don't see a great wide receiver two down there. I think his best bet would be if Adam Gase gets fired and he can fire Jameson Crowder <laughs> or he can play Jameson Crowder in that situation. That could give him some consistency there, but I have a, a little bit of concern about his wide receiver court. I mean, it does seem like the Seahawks were letting Wilson cook this year. So I think Metcalf is still going to see some volume and, and be consistent as a wide receiver two at minimum with the potential of possibly being wide receiver one. So I think he's fine there. Um, the main reason uh, he took Metcalf, I think, is because Wilson's throwing him the ball. And you know how consistent and accurate Wilson is. So although Metcalf might get limited targets, he's probably going to catch the bulk of those. Well, I agree with that. And again, this is from someone who wants Wilson to succeed. He still only threw the ball 28 times. So they're letting him cook, but 28 attempts is not that many. And 28 attempts for 49 fantasy points, I'll take that every day of the week. But I don't know if that volume floor is there for DK. Yeah, I mean, Russ has been amazing this year. Honestly, like his two receivers, like you said, if any, anything happens to those quarterbacks, they're, they're fucked. But Russ has been so good. Ben, I mean, Ben, when you see Phil, you see Drew Brees, you see Tom Brady, those old dudes look washed. And you have Ben took the year off. Was it smart? He looks really sharp. Maybe that's so far. He absolutely does. Yeah, it's only week two, but you know, (laughs) definitely, definitely a great start. Not a lot of shit to talk about these two. Alex hasn't even lost a damn game in this league yet. uh, You know, for Joe's sake, hopefully that that ends this week. He's got his first huge test coming up. And Parvini, you know, Parvini has been in the league every year of its existence. He did make a Super Bowl, but still no titles. Parvini, the clock is ticking. All right, so we're going on to the next matchup here. We have one of these podcast personal favorites, the 2017 All-Pros Greg Cohen, with a stunning victory over the Cleveland Steamers, who continue to take a dump on the field. <laughs> Joe, how has Greg been doing? He dominated you last week, and this year, and this week he uh, put up a good performance against Larrabee again. I think dominated me last week is a little bit uh, of an inaccurate statement, but I think Greg's in trouble. He lost Devontae Adams. We don't know how long he's going to be out. His tight end one is Gronkowski, who doesn't even get many targets. Uh, so he's in trouble at two positions off the bat. And once Philip Lindsay comes back, Melvin Gordon's production is going to drop as well. So other than Rodgers and Newton, I'm not really afraid of anyone on Greg's team going forward. And I think Chubb, although he had a very good Week last week, that was against Cincinnati, who is one of the worst defenses against the run. And I think Kareem Hunt is still going to chew into uh, Chubb's volume and affect his score of being higher than it should be. So although Greg is 2-0, I think he is one of the worst 2-0 teams currently in the league. I mean, I think Sheehy's going to disagree with you. I mean, he does have Leonard Fournette on his bench. What do you think, Sheehy? James Robinson is so much better than Leonard Fournette, it's insane. Well, getting to watch real running back play on the Jaguars is wonderful. Now, again, I know three strikes and I'm out. Uh, what I will say here is that if you're looking at this matchup, Greg won because Kirk Cousins scored negative points. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like that is what happened. <laughs> and, that, that is what happened. Uh, she, he, he played me last week and my defense put up negative six. So he is uh, definitely getting lucky with uh, some negatives from his opposition. Greg's on one right now, that's for sure. The, the fantasy defense has been phenomenal. But if you look at Devonta Adams, A.J. Green, Rob Gronkowski, they totaled 
13 points. Uh, obviously, I don't think Gronk is a long-term starter. The fact he has Herndon on the bench, maybe uh, only scored 1.5 points. Um, he needs to make a change there, and that will help things. Um, it's really going to be interesting what happens with this uh, Devontae Adams hamstring injury because who knows how long that'll last. Uh, and then A.J. Green does look a bit washed, but we'll see as it progresses. Uh, Greg, I know you're listening to this. You have three tight ends on your roster. What are you doing? Just just pick one. You don't need three. Three that combine for less than five points, I believe, as well. So <laughs> it's not like you uh, got these elite guys going here. Uh, but I got to give Larry some credit. I know he lost. It was really tough loss, as we said. I mean, you have Kirk Cousins in the negatives, and then Greg going with the Colts' defense, putting up 24 points. I mean, there's just no other way around it. That decided the game. But Larry Starting Stephon Diggs over Odell. I know Odell had the bad week one, but that's an impressive start. I was, you know, behind his back mocking him, of course. And that was really a good call. Stephon Diggs looks good. He's done a lot to transform the Bills offense. Um, My dad, obviously a diehard Buffalo Bills fan, has just been raving about him, even more so than how he shows up in the stat sheet, which has been phenomenal. He makes the big plays for them. um, And Buffalo is going to continue to rely on him. So his wide receiver depth is really solid. Uh, his biggest question mark, obviously, is the running back, too. Yeah, he's been great. And how much Minnesota is missing him. Clearly a, an elite receiver in Stephon Diggs. I have one more question for you, Sheehy, before we move on. Um, Greg did have, obviously, the dominating win, as we talked about, over Joe in week one. He also dominated Joe in the semifinals a year ago. Is it fair to say that Greg has Joe's number? Oh, I don't think there's any other reasonable conclusion that could be drawn. Greg is objectively better than Joe at fantasy football. Objectively. I think so, too. Joe, would you agree with that? question for the both of you. What is the overall record of of Greg versus me? Because, Tyler, like you mentioned earlier in the podcast, you're the only one with a record over 500 against me. So I'm assuming I have the record over Greg as of today. And also, how many reigns does Greg have? One. How many do I have? Four. So to say someone with one reign owns me, I think is a little ridiculous. Uh, he beat me week one. It was a lucky win. And I'm going to play him again this year. Let's see how that goes. Because by that time, Greg will probably be out of the playoff line. So if he does beat you, you will definitively admit that he's better than you, right? If he beats you three in a row. That's what I'm hearing. No, because again, I'll bring up another uh, topic of conversation. I know th- this is a fantasy football podcast, but he did have Fernando Tatis Jr. on his fantasy baseball team this year. And he missed the playoffs. So to botch a team that badly with one of the best baseball players of all time on your team, this come is true. on, come on. This is true. That's a very fair point. I mean, if you think Sheehy is annoying talking Gardner Mitchell, buy Joe, RJ, Greg, and Orion beer and have talk about Fernando Tatis. You want to see annoying. That's what you want to do. <laughs> but yeah, I, I, think Greg's, I think Greg's been lucky. He's 2-0. Uh, I, I don't see him as a playoff team at the end of the season. And like you said in the beginning of the year, week one, Tyler, he was under 50 feet of crap. Now, he might be out of that crap right now, but he still has some on his face. So let's see if he can clean it off completely <laughs> when it comes to uh, week 16. Yeah, up to five in the TAI last week. Probably even going to climb this week. We'll see here in the, in the coming hours. Uh, Sheehy, what do, you, what do you think about any final thoughts on, on either of these rosters? I mean, Larry kind of put it in his name, but it, it could be a rough year for him. I... Uh... Larby has some talent there. Um, Dalvin Cook staying healthy is obviously going to be key. If he does not, he's done. Um, but one thing we do overlook a lot is the elite tight end play. If he didn't draft Kelsey, he would have a phenomenal RB2. 
Um, and you do need to take that into consideration. It makes it a little bit harder to evaluate his team. But Kelsey continues to cook, and it wouldn't surprise me if at the end of the year he's he's fighting for one of that, those last two playoff spots. All right. You hear that, Larrabee? A ray of hope from the one and only Christopher Sheehy. All right, and then I, what I believe is our last, yeah, our last matchup here is the shit sandwich of the week. We have Natter, stunning Nick, within a defensive struggle. Nick usually wins these battles every time. Nick even had a Saquon Barkley injury. I mean, if this is not the sign that 2020 is the apocalypse, I don't know what is. Joe, what, what, what is going on here? How are you and Jeff Owen too, and Nick is having bad luck? This doesn't make sense. I mean, Nick. If Saquon plays that game all four quarters, he's one and one right now. Uh, only three points from Saquon. Uh, and when you look at this matchup, everything is pretty even, other than obviously Eckler against Saquon. Eckler outscoring him 20 to three there. And then Mayfield beating uh, Teddy two gloves 22 to 12. Dos Quantes. <laughs> so, yeah, t- tough luck for Nick. Saquon going down really is going to kill his season. But the rest of his lineup, isn't too bad. I mean, he has some depth. His receivers look pretty solid. Um, I think he needs to try and get on that waiver wire and pick up. I think Devontae Freeman was just signed by the Giants, so maybe he goes and picks him up. Um, if Latavius Murray gets more touches, if something happens to Kamara, I mean, I think he'll be okay. Obviously, it's not Saquon level, but he has to get somewhere between 15 to 20 from his running backs combined going forward to have a shot. I don't think he's going to do that, but I mean, he has some opportunity to, to maybe make up for Saquon's loss. She, this is a team you're going to see twice this year. Are you, are you shaking in your boots? It looks pretty good. They do have Josh Lambeau, but other than that, I don't know what I see. Here. I am so mad that he sold Josh Lambeau. I tried to trade him Frank Gore last year. <laughs> I said, or last week, I traded him Frank Gore for Lambeau and even respond. Um, <laughs> I'm sure he saw that. <laughs> I, I texted him about it too. Um, what I think he should do is he should trade DeAndre Hopkins for a running back. He has tons oh. of wide receiver depth. If you have Mike Evans and mixing in Keenan Allen, especially if Justin Herbert plays, or Robbie Anderson, who escaped Adam Gase and is now like a real player, you're, you're set from a wide receiver perspective. Obviously, you need Teddy and Stafford to play a little bit better. Um, but you can get a passable running back for DeAndre Hopkins. Go after someone who hasn't looked as good. Um, hell, if you traded DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson, in fantasy, it would be less of a bad decision than it was in real life, um, especially given his roster. David Johnson, he has a tough game this week with Baltimore, is going to be in a tough position next week as well, um, but is in a position to maybe have some sort of success. So I that's just the example that's staring me in the face. He really should search for a trade partner and – DeAndre Hopkins is his biggest name piece that he can trade right now. So that's what he's going to get the most value out of. Yeah, I mean, Nick, I mean, pick up the phone, my man. I mean, Mark Ingram, I mean, you, he looked <laughs> phenomenal last week. If you're looking to get rid of DeAndre Hopkins for Mark Ingram, I mean, uh, give me a call. You got my number. Joe, what do you think of your boy, Nad, so far? He's 2-0. Uh, it hasn't been the most impressive 2-0 we've seen. He's definitely no Greg 2-0. It's, it's not as impressive as Greg's, but... I mean, he is 2-0. I mean, it is a lucky 2-0. He's playing solid defense. I mean, people overlook fantasy defense. It's a big key in this game. Um, Oh, trust me, I know. He really – I don't think Natter's team is awful. Uh, He has some solid options at wide receiver. We talked about DK Metcalf um, having Wilson throw him the ball. He has Tyler Lockett. 
So I think his wide receivers one and two with Lockett and McLaurin are, are pretty solid. Um, he is struggling at the tight end position. I think Kittle's coming back this week, but if he's injured, um, playing Logan Thomas at tight end the rest of the way is not ideal for him. Um, but he has Lamar Jackson. If Baker plays like he did on Thursday night, I think he'll be just fine. Um, but he needs to get his points total up, obviously. 135 is not going to do it. Yeah, the fantasy gods were like, you know what, Natter? We know this is a rough year for you. You lost Jared. You lost your main trade partner who's, who gives you a stacked team year after year after you draft a bad one. But you know what we're going to do? We're going we're gonna to help you out, and we're going to give you the best defense possible. Jeehee, what the hell, man? So I actually have some breaking news here as well as sabermetric stats. So wow. Natter's team This is why name, he's on the pod. This is why I'm on the pod. Natter's team name is Shaken Baker. And within the last hour, he offered to trade me Baker Mayfield and Miles Gaskin. Mm-hmm. For Ben Roethlisberger. What? Wow. That, wow. I mean, when you're 2-0, and to try to change the name of your team on a trade? Oh, my God. Can someone please tell Natter that she is not Jared Davis? <laughs> she is this true? Are you not Jared I, Davis? I am not Jared Davis. You do have as many rings as Jared Davis. We're not worried about the past. <laughs> I, I made it to a championship. I don't think he's ever done that. <laughs> No. <laughs> One interesting fact, though, about Jared, thanks to Jeff's handy dandy sheet, he's never come in. He never came in last. That seems impossible, but it's true. I would have. I would have bet a lot of money. He was he eleventh like every single year? Yeah, I mean it was bad. Yeah, but it was. <laughs> it wasn't last. He he, he, made, he enough made enough moves. moves. Whoa. That was my bad. Sorry, guys. Right, take two. Uh, no worries. He made enough moves that there was enough variance on his team that he wasn't going to be consistently terrible. To be in last place, you have to stick to your guns and have players that just are underperforming for that year. He was making enough trades that he was going to have enough variability to not lose every single game. Now, that wasn't getting him to the playoffs, but it, it gave him a floor. It lowered his ceiling but raised his floor a little bit. Yeah, I mean, something I... I... That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me, but, I mean, if it makes sense to you, I mean, clearly the results are there. He didn't come in 12. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that, that's all the matchups for this week. Uh, you know, we'll be coming at you again next week. Sheehy, it's great having you on the podcast. Any final shots you want to take at people? Or, Joe, do you want to take any shots at people first? I just got a quick question for you guys um, before we hop off. Half of the league is 0-2, uh, essentially. Tyler and uh, Volpe are the only 1-1 teams, and then everybody else is 2-0. and so of the 0-2 teams, who do you guys see improving to a playoff spot? And of the 2-0 and teams, who do you see regressing out of the playoffs? You want to go first, Sheehy? Uh, sure, I can jump in. Sure, I can jump in. Sorry. You can tell who the rookie is on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so used to uh, doing work stuff where I have to click unmute when I speak. that I just did it automatically. Um, <laughs> If I had to choose someone who would come back from 0-2, I would probably say Parvini. He has He's had some of those blow-up scores. Josh Allen looks really good. Um, he, he has some talent there. Now, obviously, who knows if it'll happen. Uh, if we were confident in it, he wouldn't be 0-2 already. But I think he has a pretty decent shot. Yeah, I like the pick. I like the pick. Um, if I were to put my money on it, I think it might be uh... – I'm going to go with Larrabee here. I think Larrabee probably has the best 0-2 team. 
Uh, you know, I was going to go Parvini, to be honest, but you stole my answer, Shady. So I'm, I'm going to go with Larrabee here. I think he's just been playing a little bit of possum. He's got an easy matchup against the 2-0 and Natter this week. I think he gets him back on the right foot. And, uh, yeah, I think I think, uh, I think Larrabee's the pick. As far as a 2-0 and teams to regress, uh, Man, I want to go Sheehy, but that, that would that would just uh, you know not be true. Uh, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with uh, Greg. I'm gonna go with Greg. Greg. I mean, come on, man. I mean, you got all the luck last year, and you got all the luck through two weeks. I think the regression has got to be coming. Sounds like you agree, Sheehy. I, I would agree. <laughs> the other thing that I would say is we should look at the teams who have won close scoring games. Uh, so the teams who are two and zero with a higher point scored against. Uh, because if you're two and zero with a low points word against right now, you kind of beat up on the you, you kind of beat down a little bit. Um, so I'd have to see exactly where he stood there, but that's what I'd imagine the situation is currently. Joe, I'm sure you agree. I think you think both of those zero and two teams are, are probably the best two zero and two teams, right? Uh, my zero and two pick was actually Parvini, so I agreed with uh, Sheehy's take there. Oh wow! And then uh, the two and zero team that I think is going to drop off is going to be Greg. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. All right. Well, she, any final thoughts, anybody, any, if you want to clear the air, you want to get mad at somebody, you want to call your shot other than we know you're going to call your shot to win the league and Jack's going to win the Super Bowl. but any other shots to be called here before we uh, let you go? Uh, not that I can think of. I, uh, believe it or not, restrained myself on the Jaguars a little bit. Um, I think the <laughs> yeah. only person I really went all in on was Jeff and that's because he's garbage at fantasy football. Um, outside of that, the rest of the team's pretty respectful. So See if Jeff, if Jeff has anything to say. <laughs> All right, Jeff, you heard the man. If you ever want to come back at him, let us know. We'll get you on the pod. All right, folks, well, that'll do it for this week's Drive for Five. We'll be coming at you every week of this fantasy season. Now that I actually won a game, we will not have any cancellations due to bad losses, so we'll, we'll be good to go here. All right, folks, well, it's uh, been a pleasure for Joe and Sheehy signing off. See, it's all I see, yeah, I...